It is our number two on another cloudy, dull winter day in Minnesota. Uh, the Timberwolves were dreadful again last night. No one covers this team better than my friend and our next guest, John Krasinski from The Athletic. Johnny is on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. I'm going to read John's tweet as the game finished last night. Says the score and then offers this one up. Yet another inexcusable loss in a season full of them. It's an unserious team. Houston is the worst team I've seen in a long time. Jalen Green was great tonight, but overall, nothing special from them. The Wolves just didn't show up. I agree 100%. You nailed it. And to me, I want to emphasize the second sentence. It's an unserious team. I, I think you're so right. Um, they're not as talented as they think they are. Their lack of commitment is on display on a regular basis. And, yes, they have stretches. And they occasionally beat a very good team like they beat Denver a few weeks ago. But on a consistent basis, the lack of of professionalism is alarming. And I want to start with the head coach first because I watched him last night. You interview Chris all the time. He looked worn out. He looked defeated. He was saying all the right things. But when his team keeps playing like this, Johnny, how much is on Chris Finch? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I kind of go back and forth on this one, Chad, in terms of uh, you can see that he's exasperated. You can see that he's tried a lot of things with this group, um, I ultimately think that a lot of it and maybe even more of it is on the players for just their lack of spine, um, the lack of kind of professionalism and, uh, and business-like approach that they need to have in, in these games. We've seen it too often. But um, as a coach, you've got to find ways to push different buttons, to find different lineup combinations, as he said himself after the game that he should have been better in the fourth quarter trying to get some offense going. He is a little limited with some of the injuries that they have right now, but um, I do think that there is open criticism to go his way as well because a lot of the issues that they've had, the third quarters, the rebounding, um, you know, some of the transition defense, and certainly the not taking uh, the uh, teams of Houston's caliber seriously – um, all those have been here all, all season long, and they just have not been able to address any of those. So um, I think the players are ultimately culpable, but as a coach, you have to find a different way to, to, to figure some of these things out and address them, and it just has not happened to enough of a degree this season so far. Well, that's such a good point because the three things you said keep happening game after game. And in this league – As much as any league, it is about the players. It is about their empowerment. But guess what? Coaches take that heat, and and he has to be a part of it. It's another thing that is just infuriating is how some guys can rise up and some guys can fall back, and then you just have to remind yourself, well, you want to know why? That's why he's coming off the bench, or that's why he was a second-round draft choice. Or that's why you signed him when he wasn't drafted. And listen, Nas Reed and Jalen Noel are two of those guys. Nas Reed has had a very nice season, right? Mm -hmm. And he's put himself in a position 
to make some significant money. He's also put himself in the middle of trade conversations because the trade deadline is coming up early next month. And because of this team's commitment to Gobert and Towns and then you know, the options that, that Garza and Knight present themselves to, that you can you can make a case that teams are calling and asking about Reed. Well, he no-showed two games in a row. Just, just no-showed. It was a complete non-factor. And Jalen Noel, as you write today, and you nailed it, and check out John's excellent story on Noel and other parts of the team, was presented with a wonderful opportunity. And most of the time this year, John, he has kicked it off the side and hasn't come close to living up to the constant opportunities he has been given. Yeah, it's I, you know I think that when they made the trade for Gobert um, and they sent out Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley, two important parts of this rotation last season, they really believed that Jalen Noel was ready to step into that bench scorer role and and really fulfill it and make them not miss those two guys quite as much. Um, he shot 39% last year from three. And so they were showing signs of him coming around and really being ready for that role. And he came out of the gates of the season with five really, really good games in a row to start the year. And you're thinking, holy cow, this guy's going to get a really big mm-hmm. payday. And yep. since then, it's just been really inconsistent. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's shooting 28% from three-point range this season. Every time he rises up to shoot, it feels like he wants to make seven of them to make up for all of the ones that he's missed. And you can see him really trying to aim the ball. And then he's not passing um, at no, all. No. It, it, it just, Never. I mean, he's putting his head down, driving into three guys at once and turning the ball over and, and things like that. And so that's been a real problem. Um, you know, Nas Reed uh, has had a, a very good season, I think, for Nas Reed. Like that, yes. He's given you what you could hope for. He's going to be inconsistent every once in a while, but – I, I do chuckle a little bit, Chad, because every time Nas Reed has a pretty good game, it's, well, he's better than Rudy Gobert. He's not better than Rudy Gobert. No. Um, certainly not defensively. Certainly not rebounding. And it's just like he is he is what he is, a very talented player with some holes and can be really good against the right matchups and really struggle against bad matchups. Yeah, and I think we're going to see because – you know, I mean, I, I've said this in our text, our conversations. I've said it on air. Uh, I, I acknowledge Gobert is still uh, a good to very good player. And we still haven't watched Gobert and Towns play 30, 40, 50 games together. We just haven't. And they're not going to do this. I, I probably would, would trade Gobert 30 cents on the dollar in the offseason, but that's probably too reactionary. And I don't see any scenario – where they're going to do it. So if you know you're going to keep Gobert, you know you're going to keep Towns, you know you have Garza and Knight who can function out there, and you know there will be a market for Reed in the offseason for more than really you want to pay him considering Edwards is coming up, McDaniels is coming up, and as flawed as this roster is, you absolutely should trade Reed. You just should. And and he's he's going to play in the league for a while. He's going to have moments, but you have other weaknesses. And because of the Gobert Towns commitment you've made, you should trade him unless in the back of their head they're going to fool us and they would be willing to trade one of their star big men in the offseason. And I don't think they're going to do that. 
Yeah, I, I don't think they are either, Chad, um, especially given that Towns has been injured. And so yeah. they really want to be right about this. And maybe they are completely wrong, and maybe it just will not work. But I don't think that they are going to punt on it after a, an un- inconclusive sample size um, of, of this season to see how it works together. And I have talked to people behind the scenes who still very much believe that it can work, despite the evidence that we saw early despite what they, what, what a lot of people around the league think. So maybe they're totally wrong on that, but I think they are going to move forward with Towns and Gobert together. And so, yes, then it means you do need to trade Reed because once Carl comes back, there are no minutes for Nasri, no matter how good that he is. And much like the Twins trading Arias to get a, a pitcher who they yep. like, Value. you have to give up something to get something. Yes. You have to spend money to make money, and there are teams out there who want Nas Reed, and that will allow you to get maybe another point guard, a playmaker, a shooter, a defender, whatever, but that's the way to improve your team down the stretch this season is probably by moving Nas Reed. As good of a, of a development story as he's been, yeah. he's been terrific that way. It's Absolutely. been great, but... There's just no room for him. Johnny K is with us. John Krasinski from The Athletic. We're talking the Wolves. We're going to pause, take a short break. They are heard right here on the home of the Timberwolves, WCCO. If you have a question or a comment for Johnny, send me a text, 651-461-9226. Back in moments with John here on CCL. Playing the uh, fabulous Warren Zevon this hour, we're pointing out a number of birthdays today. Warren has been gone how long, Davey? What do we think? Seven, eight years? Or no, longer than that. A lot longer. A lot than longer that. than that. 15? September 7th, 2003. Wow. It's been almost 20 years. Wow. I just I read a story again the other day about his his last appearance on Letterman and when he dedicated the whole show to him. Warren would have been how old today? Do you see that? Born in 47. So what's that make? You do your 76? math. 76? I think that's right. Yeah, that's it, right? 76. Let's bring Johnny in the conversation. Uh, Warren Zevon for you. Where did, where does he rank? Um, well, a little before my time. Um, okay. Okay. But uh, he did the... Uh, you familiar uh, with World War One? I'm just wondering one of the topics we can't <laughs> discuss here, you know? Right, right. No, but uh, what was it? What uh, Keep Me in Your Heart for a While? Isn't that his song? Um and so, He's got a uh, lot of great ones. You've heard yeah, you've that, heard one once or twice at Dark at Center. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. So, um, yeah, big fan. Yeah, I was ready to uh, to bury that song <laughs> as someone who said for sixteen years. Okay, how werewolves of London? I heard it once, yeah. twice. I got it. yeah, right. All, all right, yeah. let's let's uh, let's just finish up on the, the Rudy Cat big man situation with among the texts coming in. Get rid of them or whatever yeah, you have yeah. to do, yep. build around Ant. Okay. Mm-hmm. He has established himself as a star this year. He wasn't great last night. I thought you nailed it in your story. Those were more empty stats, more later in the game. But after a slow start, which people cannot forget when we're debating the all-star part, because the first month he wasn't this guy. The last few months right. he absolutely has been an all-star. I don't think he'll initially be picked, John. Wouldn't shock me if other veterans don't go, and he and he gets in that way. He gets in that way. But when we see the way Edwards has emerged more this year, ball in his hands, better. I mean, 
I mean, he's now a good to very good defense player with the guy in front of him. When he, on yep. ball defense, when he's going through screens and paying attention, he's still got a ways to go. So even if Towns and Gobert play better together, are you convinced that Edwards can be the player he has been many of these nights the last couple months if he's playing 25, 30 minutes with Towns and Gobert together? Yeah, I, I don't know that yet, Chad. And I'll say um, I'm not ready to say it's impossible, but I certainly have my questions about it because there is. it was clear that early on in the season he was having a hard time finding the room to get to the basket the way that he wants to with those two bigs there. Um, now, I do believe that when Towns comes back, that given what they have seen from Anthony Edwards in this sort of Batman role that he has played over the last two months, that you may see Towns have a different role because I think that one of the things they were trying to do with Towns and Gobert was make Towns one of the main playmakers and use him out in the perimeter to kind of drive and dish and all of those things. And he showed some of that stuff. He showed some of it. He can do some of it for Mm -hmm. sure. But I do think that there's a possibility that you will see him more as a floor spacer and try to try to maximize him that way, especially if they were to trade D'Angelo Russell um, before, you know, before the deadline. And, and, you know, whatever we think of D'Lo, he's shooting the ball great. So mm-hmm. they're going to need they're going to need someone else to shoot. And so I could see a scenario where Towns is more of a floor spacer, catch and shoot guy. And maybe that does minimize some of his strengths but it also could open things up for Anthony Edwards to have more room to drive to the basket. But this this is all theoretical at this point. We really just don't know what this is going to look like until he gets back there. Okay, so let's talk Russell. Russell, um, I'll just be honest, I don't want to watch him anymore. You know, um, (laughs) I've I've moved on, but I will acknowledge that you are 100% right. It's similar to Edwards. You know, the, the first month or so, he could not make a single shot. He has been shooting the ball very well, and he has been a good complement to Edwards having the ball more where he still can handle it, he still can shoot. But like to me, last night is still another example where he scored a lot, but then in the end, all yep. his decision-making, it was, you know, take your shoe and throw it in the TV. What are you doing? So he, ha- he, he, he has skills. He has an expiring contract. For a while, we've debated this a lot in Texan. Do you get one of these other veteran point guards who maybe has a year to go on the contract like Conley or a Lowry because you're not going to have that cap room? John, I, I I don't want either one of those guys. I don't. I, w- I would rather see them, and it's going to be a flawed player for D'Lo, do one of two things. Either just let him go, and you have to sadly just worry about luxury tax issues because you're going to pay and huge money, and you're going to pay McDaniels huge money, and you're already paying Gobert and Towns huge money, or you really give the ball to Edwards and get a flawed wing as opposed to a flawed point guard. If it was a, if it was a great point guard, sure, sign me up. They're not getting a great point guard for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I mean, they're really this, where they're at right now. They're not getting a great player. Period for no. D'Angelo Russell. Yes. I mean, that's just where his market is now. Given how well he has shot it. The last two months now, I mean, we're going on two months. It's a, it's a pretty good sample size. 
I do think he is more tradable today than he was, say, six weeks ago. Yep. Um, so you, there, there could be a team out there that talks themselves into, hey, let's just ride this wave the rest for two more months. Maybe he comes through in the playoffs. He does have reputation for in big moments. He can make, uh, have big games and make a bunch of shots and help a team win. And so maybe they, they would give up a little bit more than they would have been willing to do, let's say, in November. Um, but at the end of the day, given his expiring contract, it's not going to be something that gets everyone super excited. Um, if it is, excuse me, for someone like Mike Conley, yeah, you're going to have, well, he's, he's pretty old, and he has another year left on his deal and, and all of these things. There's always going to be a yeah, but with whatever you get mm-hmm. for D'Angelo Russell. And so what the Wolves have to determine is, is that yeah, but good enough, do they think, to help them finish this season by getting to the playoffs? Because that is the goal. They do not want to miss the playoffs and then have Utah get Victor Wembanyama with their pick. Yeah. So um, that, that If would that happens, that. it's shut the franchise down. They can go to Seattle. They can go to mm-hmm. Poland. But if it turns out the highly, most highly touted star, maybe since LeBron, Ends up yep. going to Utah with the Wolves pick. It, I'm not kidding. End it. Shut the franchise <laughs> down. We'll have the good memories. We'll help you write the book. But that would that would just be the end of it. It cannot happen. It would be yeah. It would be a disaster <laughs> of epic proportions for a franchise that has had plenty of epic yes. disasters over its over its history. So, uh, but here's and here's the other thing though, Chad, that I do want to say quickly is like they could. I would not be shocked. If they go into New Orleans tomorrow and they win, and then they beat Memphis at home on Friday night, uh, that's just how ridiculously schizophrenic this team has been. And um, the fan base, you can tell, is at its wit's end because well, they'll get one or two wins, and it ain't no stopping us now, and there, there's yes. no one that scares us in the West, and then right. they'll, they'll have a couple of losses, and it's trade everybody and fire everybody. <laughs> that it's just been that weird season this season. Yes. So. Last thing. Um, Carl Towns loves the drama. Carl Towns yeah, great yeah. player, but he, he loves the drama. He loves that nobody ever appreciated me, even though he was this highly recruited guy, went to Kentucky, college player of the year, number one pick, all-star. He's making $200 million over this contract, but nobody appreciates him. He comes out on his Twitch, and I know you can't get enough of his Twitch, uh, and he and he's kind of lecturing people about. I don't know why this thing was tossed out about. You know, four to six weeks. It's a lot longer. How much of that was directed at the media versus directed at the organization? And if it's at the organization, do they just say that's just Carl, or should they be concerned? Well, I, I do think that it felt like there was frustration that he had with the media for. Reporting it, and really that was ESPN that reported the four right. to six weeks. Um, we at the Athletic were always a little more vague because we know that this is just typically how it works with Towns and his injuries, is you don't really know, so we got to be a little more careful with it. But um, I don't think that report did him any favors, but I did also feel like in his comments that they were more finger pointing at the organization I did too. for allowing that to happen. Yep. Uh, is that on the medical staff? Is that on? You know, the, the front office, is that, you know, on PR, whatever. I, I don't know exactly what his uh, specific uh, beefs are that way, but I, there is no question that this has been a an issue with this organization over many years, 
especially with Towns, but with other players as well, is, you know, they try to be vague. They try to protect the player's privacy. And sometimes that comes at the behest of the player. Sometimes that comes from the organization itself. And all it ends up doing is muddying the waters and making everyone look bad. And so you wish that there just was a way to be more clear and accurate. And you'd say, well, Carl, why didn't you just come out and say it was a third grade three thing right away? I don't, I don't know how the the conversation, what happened and who was to blame and who wanted it that way. But either way, like this has happened time and time again with these injuries and it puts everyone in a bad light eventually because of it. So you'd hope that they learn eventually and change the way they operate that way. Thank you, sir. Great info. Enjoy the day. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Chad. Uh, at John Krasinski on Twitter, and he covers the Wolves in a brilliant way, as well as anybody in the league covers a team in the athletic. is very, very fortunate to have John because he is so good at what he does. Schools, discipline, do they need to be tougher reacting to a story and what you think? We'll make that transition after traffic and weather on CCO.